now you'll remember that some weeks back I uh, what did I say? What were the parameters of the challenge I set myself, Corey? It was going, <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna school you mm-hmm. on a on an element uh, of spooky American history. Yes, or, that's or, right. Or of American cultural significance that you just simply didn't know about. Exactly. Yes, I believe, you know, not for the first time I had uh, told you a story about your own country that you had never heard before. And so you decided it was time to school It just didn't feel right. (laughs) It didn't feel right that I was learning so much about my native land uh, from someone, you know, who's visited twice by now. Three times? Four times. Four times. Okay. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? It didn't feel right. Yes, I got you. It made me feel bad about myself. Um, (laughs) So I set out to do that this week. Yes. And got quite far along. Mm, uh, yes. Before realizing that Nova Scotia is in fact in Canada. <laughs> right? It is. It is not a part of these so United States. T- to you I present. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this God. is what you're having this week. You're having uh, mind, some weird as fuckery here in the Oak Island Money Pit. Does that Ooh, ring any bells? Those four words, pit. Oak Island. Well, money so pit. there is not necessarily. There's a show on Discovery Channel yes, called "The Curse of Oak Island," I believe. Yes, there is. There have been a few, in fact. Yeah, and I always wonder what it's about because it's one of those things that it's like it feels like like I know they're trying to find something, mm-hmm. um, but I've never known what. And it's like yep. it's so far into the show that I'm like, a, yep. how can there be this many episodes of something where they're not finding the thing they're looking for? Yep. And now they're not explaining to me what it is either. Yep. So yep. no, yep. I don't. Yep. I know the name Oak Island. I know nothing more about it than that. Well, when they do find, they find big and they find weird. Is what I'm right. saying, right? Okay. Um, I'll give you a little bit about the island first. It was. Uh, it's just off the south shore of Nova Scotia, in oh, a very interesting. So bad. Well, okay. tell me about it. Talk to me about it. What's in your mind's eye? It's like a big, it's a big vacation destination for people from my neck of the woods, from Massachusetts. You know, yeah, okay, you either okay. go to Florida or you go to Nova well, Scotia. Well, very interesting. On holiday. That, that's, um, it's very interesting you'd say that. Is it? Why is that? <laughs> it is. Well, um, the, the Joag adjacent point was the first people known in that area in Nova Scotia are the Micmac who are ah, yes. the dudes behind the dudes behind the dudes behind the pet cemetery, as any fool knows. This is true. Yep. That's a really good point. So anyway, you and your Massachusetts crew, you turned up in 1761. We love that. Thank you. Uh, it was split between, let me see, one, two, three, four, four families or so into, you know, 32, 34 parcels or lots or whatever. Um, and weirdly, it, it doesn't seem like since then Oak Island has been owned in any real sense except by you know i'll give you this for 10 fucking acres of corn or whatever or i'm a pirate i'll give you pirate deeds to it It, it's always had some because it's small you see it's fucking tiny yeah this island is not strategic in any way there's no no, 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 for anyone to because this is very rare like we'll we'll take over anything to be honest Mm. like in you know, all those European explorers and all that kind of stuff, like, happily just take over whatever piece of land there is. So it has to be really useless for no one to have, like, officially been like, yeah, we'll have that. And, yeah, 
outside of kind of prospectors or treasure hunters or adventure seekers or blah 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 blah, it's been largely left alone, right? I mean, year round, it's uh, it has two permanent homes that are populated wow, okay. on a on a seasonal basis, and it has two cottages that you could rent out part time. You could go there if you want. There's nothing stopping you going there if you want. You write to them, you get a permit or something. Yeah. Uh, or by fax, I would think. Sure. It seems like the kind of place you fax. And uh, they'll invite you over for a, for a bit of a tour around and then off you fuck. You can do that should you wish. Okay. Now, nice. let's see a little bit more, a little bit more. Now, um, because it's so tied up and has been traded so often between uh, buccaneers, you know, pirates, Jack Sparrow. Um, Obviously. And others. What's that my, was the only pirate you could think of, huh? it, You know, Jack Sparrow. No, it is. Nothing, just, just nothing else came. <laughs> LeChuck. There we go. The Dread Pirate LeChuck. LeChuck. Obviously, um, the Dread Pirate LeChuck. So it's had quite a lot of pirate activity. Um, but all, all ever since down to that first thieving from by the Massachusetts, right? So you guys came in and, and, and fucked it around. Yes, there was a... <laughs> Um, a TV show called The Curse of Oak Island, which ran for a fucking long time. It ran for a bunch of seasons. Is um, it not on anymore? Because it's on all the time. I think it had a finale. I think it had a season okay. finale. It's probably running out. It's probably on now. Yeah, you could find like it now. a million reruns. Mm. But even them, they found um, coins from centuries ago, uh, an antique brooch, uh, jewelry. They found a, 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 a butt ton of things there themselves. Um, that still doesn't feel like enough to like make a show about. <laughs> There's so much there. You could make a show about people with metal detectors. <laughs> like oh, oh you could, you could. And some of the bits that have been found have been just like twists of bronze, you know, or something. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> what? Um, but what grabs me is how none of the things that they're finding are coming from the same era. Okay. Right. Um, stuff is below other things. Mm-hmm. In terms of in terms of of physically underground, where because of right. how old yeah, it is, the different layers, of it erosion. should be way above yeah. things. And mm. uh, the pit itself came to be or came to start when uh, it, it was a, a, something that had clearly been man made, and uh, a local child from the area started to kick at it and dig at it and dig away at it and dig it away at it. And he got his friends involved. A local and, child from one of the two houses on this place. Uh yeah, I think it was a local <laughs> child. Okay. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm, uh, his name is Daniel McGuinness. Okay. Um, and this started in 1795. Uh, the Massachusetts mm. showed up in 1857. What? And... 1761. Oh, shit, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you see my screen? <laughs> no, you told me you that just know that. Ago. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you That's remember good. <laughs> I'm very aware of my Massachusetts history. Where did I get to? Where did I get to? Daniel McGuinness. So yes, Daniel it was McGinnis. him. He was he was a local child, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously there are kind of conflicting legends about the pit. I prefer the one where it was started by a local child digging with his friends under the flagstone. He would find um, oaken kind of slats covering uh, what he thought would be like some booty. So the pirates say, isn't it? And I, I think it is. Yes. He'd then kind of dig those past and there'd be sand for 10 meters or more. 10 meters, dig down, dig down. Uh-oh, hello. There's another layer here. Another almost like That's the worst. That's a lot of digging. Li- That's some yeah, 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 yeah. 
a lot lots more wooden stakes lots more protection let's get rid of those motherfuckers by the size you should you should see the size of this hole <laughs> <laughs> wow, honestly okay uh. <laughs> honestly let's keep it in context but you ought to see the size of this hole by now it's vast right okay yeah um you you could sit on the edge and dangle your legs into it and just oof, huge hole anyway um they kept taking they kept taking they kept finding stuff uh, stuff from the reign of uh, one of the King Charles's. I forget which one. There are several. Um, At that point, uh, I mean, that would have to. Isn't? Oh no, I was going to say, isn't that like the first King Charles at that point? The... No, this one had more letters after his name. I'll come back to it at okay. the end. I'll find the guy. But no, we're talking coins, military buttons. Um, <clears throat> King Charles the Second. There you go. King Charles, say, King the Charles the Second. The current one is the coins. third. So seventeenth century. Yes. So. The question, I guess, that has never really, I wouldn't even say sufficiently answered, it's never been particularly answered at all, is why is there a massive tube, a massive tunnel, hole in the ground, with such strangely placed artifacts and jewels? Um, so let me, let me just, like, recap here to make sure that I understand what happened. Yeah. So Massachusetts Bay Colony spreads up into Nova Scotia in 1761. Yep. Parcels out land to various families. Yep. In the 1790s, Daniel Mc... Whatever his Guinness. name is. Daniel McGuinness. McGuinness. Daniel McGuinness. The streets uh, will never forget. A masshole, a child of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, starts digging. Yeah. And for whatever reason, digs meters and meters and meters. But we don't know why he started digging. Correct. Uh, no, he started um, digging because... Um, from what I've been able to gather, uh, the it, it looked as though it was the opening of something. It was okay, flagstones. Was like, something is here. You know, it was gotcha, something okay. kind of, hello. Oh, that don't sound right, Gavner. Is how I would have voiced then, him had he been. Sure. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I sound like as a, as a member of could the Could you do him then? Could you, could you do him for me? I don't, I mean, he probably would sound more like you than me, to be honest with you. <sighs> or probably like someone from Boston, I imagine. Because that's what they say, right? Bostonian the, accents are closer to... Hey, uh, what's this fucking hole doing down here? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the guy. That's the one. Hey! Okay, so he starts digging, and it finds, like, essentially an elaborate tunnel in yes. this pit uh, yes. that was already dug and is full yes. of... It's worth pointing out as well that, that are... the, the, the wood was layered also with uh, coconut fiber, so the husks, the okay, shells of coconut, to make it even tougher, you know? And the relics that he finds in here yes. are not from one particular era. They're from all over the place, but within the same layer of earth. So that they're Something not... Something else I want to add to this, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Somewhere between 80 to 90 feet down in the pit. 80 to 90 uh, feet, Christ. Jesus, just trying to visualize that. Yeah, that's incredible. It's nuts. It's, it's not horrible. just Daniel digging, obviously. <laughs> No, it is. I, at this point, I'm convinced that it is. <laughs> this is. Okay, this is the theory you're subscribing to. Oh, Mom, I sure am tired. <laughs> um, shut up, Daniel. <laughs> uh, but they are 80 to 90 feet down at this point, and a stone tablet is found, right? Okay. And this stone tablet in itself is 90 foot long, right? It's huge. What? You heard me, yeah. 90 foot 90 long stone tablet. 90 foot tablet. Yes, of stone. Um, and How is that possible? One, like, cut piece 
of stone mm-hmm. that is 90 inscribed feet. 90 foot stone down around about the 80, 80 to 90 feet level mark in the pit. Um, between two and, two and three feet long and 12 and 16 feet wide. It's vast. This Jeez. rectangle. It's an obelisk. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, it is transcribed. So some, you know, some stonesmith has been to work on it, uh, etching out um, a message. Um, uh, cryptologists had a look. Researchers had a look. And it was uh, kind of translated roughly as 40 feet below 2 million pounds are buried. Wow. Okay. How wild is that? 40 feet below 2 40 million. 40 feet below 2. That's one line. Oh, 40, oh, 40. feet below 2, but then million pounds buried. So is it 40 feet? Is it 42 feet below? Is it 40 feet below? Is it 38 feet? Yeah. Is it 2 million okay. pounds? Is it 1 pound? But, but even mm-hmm. that in itself, to have something as fucking fucked up as that. Uh, in the in this this place, yeah. And so like what? The, two million what? pounds at some time before the seventeen nineties, or yeah, a yeah, million yeah, pounds, yeah, yeah. or whatever, like before uh, the seventeen nineties. Which there's not like, a person I wouldn't kill for two million pounds right now. There's not a single person who would kill me right now for two million pounds. What about PayPal? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite a revelation. I wouldn't. <laughs> this, is the, this is me stressing out over the idea of killing you if you turned into a zombie. You, I would kill you right now for Only two million joking. pounds. Only joking. I was having a joke. Like that thing where I say things I don't mean. <laughs> um, okay, so they What are your theories then? This. What are your theories? Where is, well, I have questions before we, we even okay. get there. I won't have we... answers, but, but feel free to... We research so differently, and (laughs) this is a problem. Where are they now? Where is this tablet? Is it still in the hole? Okay, right, great. So the tablet, if you'll excuse me, uh, there have been no tracings that have survived, no rubbings that have survived. Uh, Mm. Okay, so, right, okay, so... (laughs) The original doesn't appear to exist any longer, right? Although, and I quote... Uh-huh. It was said to have been viewed by hundreds of people while in the what? home of the, mean... <laughs> while in the home of the Smith family who I guess owned it last. In their home? Yes, they uh... Mark, could you fit a, fit a 90 foot rock in your house? Well, no, but I'm not Indiana fucking Jones, am I? Neither is this is a child. We're living in colonial Nova Scotia. <laughs> Well, like, listen, what if... kind of home do you think they lived in? <laughs> <laughs> well, the simple answer is I have no clue. Um, but if you're gonna, if I mean, people have died on site. People have died whilst trying to, you know, excavate these colossal messages. <laughs> of course. Written by right. who exactly? We don't know. Um, I mean, uh, and like, how would you? It would be so difficult to get yeah. rid of that. And why would you do it? Yeah, well, like, goodness. why would you no, be I'm like? Good. I'm going to break down this 90 by 15 rock yeah. obelisk yeah, that was a inscribed that was a... with things that could probably make me millions of money and in fact seems to point to millions of pounds. I'm, yes. I'm just going to like, what, throw it off a cliff? What do you, <laughs> there's, yeah. this is impossible. There's yeah, literally so... no way this existed. I I believe it, several hundreds of people saw it. Hang on, let me just check. Let me just check the name of that website. I'm getting all of this information from <sighs> Oak Island Mystery.com is where this is coming from, folks. 
your number one that source reliable. That sounds for very Oak reliable. Island Mystery News, right? That's oakislandmystery.com. Uh, the good like, people over is, it. This is some Joseph Smith shit right here. This like, is like you where know, I went the to the angel Moroni showed me. Christians. Yeah, right. Showed me some tablets, but like they're gone now. You can't see them. But trust me, it totally said <laughs> all of this stuff. Like, the, like they, they went they went too far. They should have said yeah, that it was a small a load of, tablet. A, a load of good shit there, though. Well, sure, but also, I mean, <laughs> let me let me let me just okay, let me just wrap going, this up, going. right? Go ahead. Um, it's lo- it's lost some people. Some people died. Some say it's as high as fourteen. Um, there, there wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So is the hole still there? Yeah. Okay, so the pit exists. Yeah, the, the pit exists. The pit is a thing. It 100% exists. And, and uh, you know, <clears throat> very occasionally, uh, priceless fucking artifacts will be found there. Uh, just mm-hmm. quite recently, um, a 500-year gemstone was uncovered Whoa. on the site. 500 years old. Um, uh it dates from the 1500s. What do they sell it for? Let me see. Probably a fuck ton. You don't get. Do you get? <laughs> I would. Do you get Antique Roadshow over there? Oh yeah, love Antiques Roadshow. I really enjoy Antiques Roadshow too. I really. Everybody do enjoy loves it. Antiques Roadshow. It's the most. If it's on, I'm sat down. If it's planet. on, I'm gonna sit my yeah. ass right down. Um, mm-hmm. it's a four to five hundred year old rhodolite garnet. You know, by now that 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 pit is called the Curse of Oak Island. So why do they? Because people died trying to excavate it. Uh, among other reasons, um, you know, four lives were lost in one huge tragic accident. Something gnarly blew up in their face. Some mountaineering gear blew up in front of them. Um, there was that other tra- uh, tragedy that we know about earlier on uh, that killed, you know, up to fourteen. Um, what tragedy? You didn't talk about that. Oh, I didn't. Well, uh, up to fourteen <laughs> people mm-hmm. may have died in a tragedy. May have. Yeah, we don't uh, know. De- definitely six, but at least, uh, uh, b- but maybe up to fourteen. Six totally counted. Fourteen, pretty much speculated. Why don't we know? Well, because it was fucking. You know, it was. It was in the seventeen seventies. Mark, I have so many questions. What were they doing? And why didn't people notice? Apparently, eight people disappeared in the hole. Well, they were they were digging for shit. Uh huh. That's all ever. That's the only thing anyone ever does around that spot is dig Just for dig. shit, right? Today in 2023, it remains. <laughs> Your face. You ain't buying this tale one bit. Not even slightly. <laughs> Look, Not fuck you, because I'm one fucking learn about the pit. People still <laughs> arrive, right? People still come down there. People still, you know, try and find their their. Their, right. uh, their gemstones and sometimes they do there was a, a blue gemstone found not uh, you know a year or two ago a, a gemstone of oak gold it's called um, there's there's that treasure that I just mentioned there that artifact there's the 90 foot tablet that you don't believe exists um, absolutely does not exist <laughs> just do me a favour right mm-hmm. just have a little look for Oak Island on the south coast of Nova Scotia read into yourself Corrigan before you make your infamously closed mind up <laughs> right <laughs> okay so i'll say that's all i'll say i'll leave it in the hands of <laughs> i'll leave Listen. it in the hands of fate <laughs> i mean the, when you talk about all of this stuff like yeah. i believe people absolutely died in the pit 
Yeah. Um, like, because, so, I don't know if you know about this. There was a guy who, he buried treasure. Um, I see. Like, he was like real a treasure. billionaire. Like, real treasure. He was a billionaire. Um, I want to say he buried it, like, 20 years ago or something like that. And then he created, like, this book of clues. Um, and he, like, you know, was like, you can look at this and whoever um, solves all of these clues will yeah, be yeah. able to um, go and find my treasure. And it had all this like priceless stuff in it, like yep. just millions of dollars worth of things inside of it. It's a real treasure that he put somewhere. Um, and over the years with people trying to find it, which it finally was found only a couple of years ago or whatever. And unfortunately the worst because he didn't say what was in it. You know, he wanted it to be a surprise for whoever found oh, don't it. Don't tell me it was a, it was just fuck all. no, it definitely had stuff in it, but the person won't say, I think because they don't want someone to come uh, rob them or whatever. So they won't say mm. who they are and they won't tell us what the treasure is. And people have been searching for decades for this treasure. I'd be TikToking like, about it, mate. I'd be putting my, on fucking right? TikToks. Like, Here be I can't the treasure. believe this. But yeah, so people like adventurers like would like almost full time try to find well, like they'd what solve do you think this these fucking idiots in people... the submarine did a few a few months back? What do you think they right. yeah, like, passports I mean, Exactly. Said. And so people absolutely died trying to find that treasure yes and so and there was day, like people some sail down the sides right uh, <laughs> to the to the to the length of of this the, just the sheer size of this hole it's vast uh right. it's vast it exists it's on planet earth it's yet it's yeah. mysteries have yet and may never be uncovered yeah well and i think like you know i think it, there's something interesting to the idea that there's like stuff in it someone clearly yeah. put it there for whatever yeah. reason like and we well, there don't are, know why there that are, is, but... There are suggestions, right? Um, okay. Spanish galleons, for example, ships being mm -hmm. just blown off course. Sure. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, barrels of riches and, and, and wealth from that from, from that part of the continent. Um, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the, the way that Panama City got fucking treated in 1671 by Captain You All Drank M. Henry Morgan um, <laughs> completely ruined the place. Rooped, sa uh, looted, sacked, burned the lot. Um, so... Uh, hiding his, mm. I'll say it again, booty around around the place. Might have I had knew a lot you to wanted to. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> did you notice the little pause when, when I decided? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> uh, the Illuminati pop up a lot. No, sorry, not the Illuminati. Not the Illuminati. The Templars. The, the Templars. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. The assassins. Yep. They mm -hmm. turn up in quite a few theories, but they get they get more unhinged from there as I as sure, I yep. can imagine you. You guessing? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be interesting all I can to hope, find out listener, why. All I can, all, all I can sincerely hope is that you enjoyed that tale more uh, than Cory did. I'm, I'm good. I simply, I just think <laughs> that's impossible. I love it. If you're at it's home some and you, shit. It's it is goonies it is shit. It is very goonies this, shit. But the goonies is notably tale. a movie, yeah. <laughs> and and not based on reality. And uh, I think, you know, if they were going to make up this story, they should have gone with a smaller tablet. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. I'm gonna welcome everyone in. Welcome, welcome, folks. It's your, it's time for your weekly medicine. Yes? 
Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Time to take it. You got it. Time to take your little. Time to take a shot. You'll just feel it'll hurt, yeah, but only for a moment, and then you'll get used to it, and then you love it. So it's come on in time to take your medicine. Um, Is that how shots work for you? It hurts for a little bit, and then I and then I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> tattoos, yes. Oh god, okay, there's such yeah, a there there's such an arc with tattoos. Um, for mm. me at least, you know, obviously everyone's everyone's different. <clears throat> for me, this Robocop one is the longest I've ever sat, and obviously for the first hour it sucks. I don't oh, see. Man, I find really the sucks. beginning is fine. Mm. Don't mind the beginning. It's like it's always like a oh, is that it? Then it starts getting iffy. The middle, the middle is when it gets. The, the 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 zone where it's nice that's the middle bit where you kind of feel elevated <laughs> na, 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 na. then the last bit and when they're putting the white in they can fuck off so yeah i'm sick of them <laughs> what was i yeah, gonna there say is, there what was i gonna uh, say to the to the to just to greet just everyone really people for their taking their medicine that apparently i was yes hurts but they love it yes whatever ails you we're here for it hmm. whatever pains you we want to know about it uh we are your weekly paper cut we are that you know the little web in between the the two fingers of your hand that really that we are that kind of (laughs) we're that thick cardboard cut between that two those lovely two bits of skin there and it doesn't close obviously because you move your hand a lot so every time you look at it you just see it's red lips parting and opening and closed at you like a fucking like a like a lipless mouth just wants to this is what you think our show is like suck you to death <laughs> i think we've i think we've lost the plot here not at all not at all welcome is what i'm okay. look what i'm saying long story short is welcome mm, Corey, how are indeed, you indeed welcome uh, i'm i'm doing all right little uh hectic in my world mm. at the moment, I just got back. Yeah, because you're not well, at home, back. are you? You are at I'm home, but not. you've not been at home. I am not at home. Uh, mm. I am in the corner of my friend's kitchen, uh, yes. shoved into a small little picnic table type situation. Uh, I was in Oregon uh, yes. for the Dead and Lovely meetup, which is why we're a day late on a recording this week, <laughs> because I was in transit yesterday. Uh, had a lovely time in Portland with the gang, just hanging out cool. and playing video games and watching movies. Um, well, we went to an arcade, Ground Control. It's sort of a famous arcade in um, yeah. in Portland. So they have pinball. They have all the old games. They got little tabletop ones, you know, like all those, all the stuff you loved, your Galaga. Did they happen to have uh, what I think is my favorite arcade game of all time, which mm-hmm. is the standee, uh, mm-hmm. the four-stick standee of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Konami? They had to have. I did not see it. I was very tired, so through most of the arcade, arcade time, I just sat wonderful down stuff. while everyone else went and did, did that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I went and did that, and it was great. And now I am in Southern California, where we are clearing out our storage unit, so it's been a little bit chaotic, but mm-hmm. you know, I am I am very glad to be back here on the Joag, regardless. How about good. you? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, I'm delighted by that. Same, uh, same here. Uh, life is good. Um, you've just got to go at it at a million miles per hour, per second, mm. in fact, or just oh, don't bother. It's okay. um, a really good point. That feels like know? Vin Diesel would approve of that. Sense. <laughs> Far as I'm concerned, there are two types of people, right? Mm. There are those 
who are in my way. <laughs> and those who are not, right? This feels like a really um, egocentric view of the world's work. I'm, t- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, li- I'm literally saying the first thing that comes into my head. I know. It's very <coughs> you, you know, you do this every week. Mark introduces today. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well, yeah, Sorry. that's why I have you introduce us. You're always like, oh, you do it. And I'm like, no, I'm here asking you to do it because I have no idea where it's going to end up every time. I'm just going to say, well, and I'll tell you something else as well. Show. I've been watching an awful lot of Always Sunny recently, right? Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of it. And I, uh, man, I don't think there's ever been another character as good as Dennis. He's the best. <laughs> I don't watch it, so I can't. Uh... So I've. Um, <laughs> I've absorbed a lot of that perhaps by osmosis. Uh, maybe you'd like to talk for a little bit. <laughs> Did you notice how seamless that was? After, <laughs> after Are you three okay? Years, Are you having years, an aneurysm? What's going no, I'm, on? I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> um, great. Wonderful. Well, today, dear friends, uh, we are back in your ear holes uh, yes. to... Uh, obviously, talk about mysteries and whatnot, but also this week we're going to be delving into the American criminal justice system, which is always a good time mm. uh, to talk a bit about our death penalty and not the death penalty itself, though of course that will be inherent in the conversation, but oh, yeah, yeah. about some of the people who have received it and are waiting for uh, their just desserts according yes. to our criminal justice system so we're going to delve yes, into well some put. of that this week <laughs> on the podcast so you know that's where we're gonna we're gonna aim the trajectory of this thing uh in the meantime anything yep. else that we have to oh uh oh uh, listen we have Saturday? the yeah do book club or nope that's not true next saturday forget it doesn't uh-huh. matter <laughs> what were you gonna say I was going to say thanks to everyone who came to the watch along. It was, yeah, it was, oh gosh, it was so good. just simply fun. You know what I mean? The return of fun, the return of camaraderie, uh, the return of just talking guff while semi decent films play. Uh, it was uh, nothing short of a delight. So huge thanks to everyone who attended. Uh, I love each of ye. <laughs> here, here. I was like, didn't we talk about this last week? But no, because we recorded on Friday. Yes, we week. did. Uh, so, yes, it was wonderful. Such a blast to to see everybody again after it had been a minute. And, of course, we will fill you in with what the next watch along this month will be. Yes. You got the book club. You got the watch along. All that kind of stuff. We're just, we're living it. We're doing the, the Joag dream. Mm-hmm. Did you watch anything this week? Now that we're out of spooky season, I've, like, immediately dropped off. Isn't it? But uh, what have you... Isn't it kind of? Should there be a name for this period? Do you think post Halloween, pre Christmas? Well, well, you've see, got Thanksgiving. So yeah, I was about you? to say because for us this is a season now. The like we just went to lunch right before I got here, and like they had all the turkeys on the wall and all that mm. kind of stuff. Like it's Thanksgiving season now, so you guys are kind of like in a weird limbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, nothing really good happens now for. Like a month and a bit. Yeah. Uh, mm. We got my birthday week, which is always nice. I always kind of uh, uh, fuck about and make a song and dance of that. But then, now we've got nothing going on, really. Just uh, if I were to re- reach for the Profanosaurus over there, it would be just a couple of weeks of fucking the dog. It's <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, if vivid. Uh, so what have you watched since we have changed? What'd you do on the weekend, Mike? Uh, nothing much. Just fuck the dog. That's how you use that one if you're curious. What did I watch on the weekend? I it, but... Okay, so you've also seen Killers of the Flower Moon, yes? 
I have seen Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. Right. Uh, now I gave it a four. I've not looked at your rating. I don't. You I, did we talk gave about it, this? You gave it three and a half. Three and a half. I gave it three and a half. This. Mm. I'm trying to remember if we talked about this because I know I talked about it on like social media because yes. that was the experience in which they played the Eras tour, the Taylor Swift movie, on both sides of the theater. My God, they actually did that. Times. Mm-hmm. And so and it, it was audible. It hugely. You could hear every lyric that of Taylor Swift. Wild to me. On both sides, different songs throughout the entire movie. Uh, it was so bad that at the end of it, I just kind of walked up to the manager and was like, hey, so I went to see Killers of the Flower Moon and she just handed me two free tickets because she knew exactly what God the problem damn. was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah I had, you know, the thing is, I, I think well, I had five people just, in the theater. Oh, oh, oh so no, please go on, please go on. Uh, my rating. So I've read Killers of the Flower Moon twice. Very mm. familiar with the story. So part of the like thing about that is when you know everything that's going to happen, it's like you're just kind of like sitting there anticipating all the horrible things that are going yes. to happen. Yes. And it does take something from the movie when you know what's going on, I think. Like, you know, and, and I think it was like, yeah, it's it's good. Like, it's Scorsese. Like, even when it's not the greatest Scorsese, it's still going to be like artful yeah, and sure, sure, interesting sure. and things like that. It just to all me. All of which it was. Yeah. yeah right. It just felt like I was like, I was a little underwhelmed by it, especially because I think, you know, I think it does get at how horrific it was, but almost doesn't. Like it, it somehow harps on so much on certain parts of the story that there are like so many layers of horror that it doesn't even begin to touch on. I wasn't movie. left horrified. Um, so right. if, if it ought to have done that, then it didn't. Yeah, you should, after reading Killers of the Flower Moon, like you just sit in despair uh-huh. with this like this is they annihilated an entire people and americans cheered it on essentially because they were like indians shouldn't have money yeah. and you know it was it's a horrifying story that has so many layers that just weren't touched in it and so yeah that's my that's why it's a 3.5 and okay. not higher but go now, on with your experience my four <laughs> I think, why did I have it before? I don't know. It, as, a, as, a, as an experience, as a viewing, as a showing, it had a lot in common with Avatar The Way of Water, right? <laughs> For you. A um, lot in common with those two films as far as I'm concerned. I saw, I saw them as very similar films. <laughs> yeah, people are always saying that. If you know what I'm saying. They're almost <laughs> like two halves of one narrative, aren't they? Uh, now, I know the following. Mm-hmm. I stayed awake the whole time. I stayed awake the entire fucking four hours. I did the lot, okay? Mm-hmm. About 15 minutes in, and I checked, right? This is after the trailers, 15 minutes into the film, because I had a sneaky look. Giza next to me starts full-on fucking snoring. No. Right? Nobody 15 knows. minutes, mate. Why that cost you... If you he know, came he, there for the nap. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He brought snacks, he had the lot. Um, I nudged at one point... Wow. Oh, he was like directly next to you. No, he was in the next seat. So I nudged him wow. at one point. Um, then uh, there were about five other people in the theater. Okay. There are five people in the theater and someone sat directly next to you. Oh, it's you, you buy your tickets uh, online earlier. You've got to book your tickets on, on the app. Yeah. Why did they pick a well, seat next do. to someone else? I don't know. I don't know. I hate uh, that. It's like the biggest pet peeve. 
of mine when I'm like, if I'm in a bathroom stall, if I'm in a parking spot, if I'm in oh, a I know theater, if, if you have space, other let's spaces all share to it. be, yeah. don't be in mine. Let's all share the space, the lovely, lovely space. I don't space. like this man. Yeah. Um, where was I Five even going with that? Five people in the theater. We, we, we got into a kind of a cough circle. <laughs> Which is a bit rough. This is my nightmares. <laughs> no. This is worse than the era's tour. <laughs> this is what I can tell you about Killers of the Flower Moon, right? Mm. I thought I'd try to um, evil ends tonight and go out and get a drink, thus quenching my thirst and not coughing anymore, right? So I had a blue tango ice blast. Fucking yeah. Um, most beautiful view cinema drink is a tango ice blast, right? A tango ice blast in blue. Beautiful. And it worked. And I was, I was able to enjoy Killers of the Flame when unmolested. Don't ask me a single fucking question about that film because I don't remember any of it. And yet you gave it a four. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you got it, haven't you? Look at, the, look, at the, look at the talent. No, Leonardo DiCaprio was very good at that face he made. He does. He does the face. I watched Shutter Island. Should we both do it? Should we both do it once? Let's both do the face. Three, two, <laughs> one. Now. <laughs> I liked yours. I'd give you an Oscar. I think yours was really good too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, blast, we'll try you to know. put that one up on the Instagram if I remember. But anyways. Ah, can you not? That's large <laughs> duel. I saw you know. Let me think. Hang on. Do, yeah, let's talk Death Becomes Her. Let's talk a really fun fucking mm. Grand Guignol. Let's talk a Sturm und Drang. Let's <laughs> talk absolute fucking gothic. Uh, I was really mass- hoping for a third language there, but that's fine. How many did I do? How many did I do? Just two. That's not bad. Uh, this was good. I was just, I was just left wanting a little it, bit. It was good, but you wanted more. You wanted more. It, I just fucked up my story of my life. Yeah, it was all right, Mark. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad, Mark. Just we just wanted a bit more. Uh, <laughs> um, Go on, death becomes her. What a great film. If you want to see Meryl Streep, or is it Glenn Close? It's Meryl Streep. <laughs> and Goldie Horn mutilate each other uh, mm. and ask questions about the gift of eternal life. Like, is it a gift? Mm. Caveat emptor. What? You know, careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, monkey's poor shit. It's a really, really, really fun uh, hour and a half. It's... I was blown away by the soundtrack. The soundtrack was fucking lovely. Uh, right. Sylvester, I think it was, unless I made that up, who also did Back to the Future. It's got that same mm. kind of huge... Mm-hmm. You know, loads of brass, good shit. Um, yeah. I had a really good time. We're really good people, so thank you all. Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, <clears throat> is that all you watched? Let me see. Death Becomes Her, yes. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, apparently. Apparently, so you've been told. And that's it? That's yeah, it. Yeah, I love that, honestly, more like the substance of your review was more of the slurpee that you had in the lobby than of the actual Actual, film. That, that flower moon getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me this week, uh, you know, obviously finished out all of the um, Halloween stuff. So, yeah. you know, watch a little Practical Magic, which I forget this every time I watch it and it always blows me away that mm. that movie is directed by Griffin Dunn of, mm. you know, an American werewolf in London. What? Um, yes. No. <laughs> like, that it's directed by a man at all is insane to me and it's directed by Griffin Dunn and it is the most female gazy, perfect woman movie that exists and it's like honestly incredible to me 
that a dude made that movie. It just blows me away. Um, but, you know, Practical Magic is always a good time if you've never seen huh. that. You know, a pair of sisters who, because of an ancestral curse, if they fall in love, the man will eventually die young and tragically. Uh, and so Sandra Bullock finally, you know, meets a man despite years of trying not to fall in love. And he dies. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, her sister ends up in an abusive relationship and uh, they accidentally kill him and a, you know, dashing police officer comes to down to uh, investigate the crime and shenanigans ensue. Yeah. My yeah, yeah, husband yeah, yeah, yeah. my husband described it as if David Lynch directed a rom-com, which is 100% true. I'd love him <laughs> to do that, you know. Um, yeah. I've long well, thought. Practical magic. But... I, I... Do you know, of your uh, recommendations, that's one I'm going to actually seek out. I I have a dream, right? Okay. That uh, maybe a group of studios combine resources, right? Mm-hmm. And select a group of directors, maybe four or five directors. Uh-huh. Hands them a budget of, say, 80, 90, 100, 120 million, something like that. But gives them the challenge that they have to make something out of their oeuvre, they have to make something mm. completely different to anything they've ever done. I want right. to see a, a Lynch rom-com. Right. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. want to see a fucking, you know, a, a, a slasher by, you know, insert non-slasher director here. Do you, sure. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'd love, I'd love to see what a, a director I love would do, a mirror version of that director would mm-hmm. create. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, just wanted to hear that. I feel good about that. I would be interested in that uh, as well, mm. in that endeavor. Um, so yeah, watch that. I've watched uh, Hocus Pocus, obviously, because, uh-huh. um, you know, Halloween, you gotta. Yeah, yeah, watch yeah, yeah, yeah. Goosebumps, that's another one I like to go to on Halloween, the movie, not the new show. Uh, and, you know, I just find that movie absolutely delightful. I'm just, not like, enjoying the show that... at all. Me and Pete did episode one, and we don't think we're going to go back. Oh, yeah? Nah. <laughs> I watched the first five episodes of it that like because they put them all out at the same time right. and then since then they have released them one at a time so I have not watched oh, I do like Justin that. Long though yeah I love Justin Long yeah. um, so you know uh, but I watched the movie not the, the show and you know I always have a fun time with that we watched Poltergeist which was great because you know Poltergeist absolute classic and yes. as you know my mother watches horror movies 24-7. Like, <laughs> there is just screaming coming from her room at all hours of the night from stuff that she's watching. She falls asleep to it. Like, bah. just, she, she's seen, you know, two human centipede movies. She's, like, unfazed by, like, anything. And I go, and I'm like, oh, let's watch Poltergeist. She's like, oh, no, too scary. <laughs> like, it's, it's, and that's it's how effective that movie is. It's, got, it's I, full of them. It's full of them. It's full of them. And, you know, I'm like, oh, whatever, we watch it. And I ended up having nightmares that night. Like, my husband was like, you were, like, yelling in your sleep and all this stuff. I was like, my goodness. It is just such an effective It is excellent. Movie. It is excellent. Um, it, it almost fools you into thinking it's just going to be kind of spooky house, not nasty. Yeah. But it's got nasty bits in it, like good old yes, Toby Hooper. Yeah. I made the mistake right. once on uh, X. No, sorry, Twitter, which was formerly... You know, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, yeah. The, um, the other place. I did to suggest that Steven Spielberg may have had a hand in that film's directorial <laughs> journey, right? Right. I did to suspect that the kids on bikes and the Spielberg mm. spa- uh, stare and literally 19 yeah. of his other tropes might have led one to believe 
that he had a hand in directing that movie. And some guy, I swear to God, he gave me like an eight tweet thread <laughs> of uh, of why I was wrong and should. I remember that one guy who told me I should never be on a film set. It was like that. <laughs> well, here's the thing about that, though, is that like I think this is almost an example of exactly what you were talking about, like have a director do a movie that isn't yeah. necessarily yes, yes, in yes. their wheelhouse. And I think what Toby Hooper did with this that's so impressive is he made a Steven Spielberg movie. Very nice, yeah. But he, then all that nastiness you're talking about comes from Toby Hooper. A guy Hooper. pulling his face off. Fucking my right, favorite. Yes. That's my favorite thing in the world, though. <laughs> yeah, that and scene. that's the thing is like, I mean, I was watching, as I was watching it, I was like, I see why people often think Spielberg like basically oh, directed this, you know? God, I could this, show that you know? Peter and Owen, um, couldn't I? That would really fuck oh, him up. absolutely. Yeah, yeah you got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, um, nice, nice. Yeah, you see why people think Spielberg actually did all the directing on it. But I think it's just that Toby Hooper decided to essentially make a Spielberg movie. He's got Spielberg funding it, and he's like, what would it be like if I made a movie like this? It's a really good shout. Very good shout. Yeah, and uh, so you get kind of the best of both worlds with that movie, uh, which is, yeah, Poltergeist is just, it's pretty perfect. So if Toby Hooper could make Poltergeist, could Steven Spielberg make Texas? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I don't think that's his sensibility. I think he tried um, Duel is probably the closest he got. I right. think that's his Texas. Exactly. And I do I do quite enjoy Duel. I enjoy Duel is, a lot. Yeah. Um, that is, you're right. I think that's the closest that he kind of gets to that. Mm. Yeah, genre-wise. Um, but yeah, so watch that. Um, watched on the plane several movies. Because of the changing of seasons, I always watch... Nightmare Before Christmas on the 1st of November. And then uh, I watched Coco. Can I ask, Coco. please, your favorite song? Oh, jeez Louise. That is a very difficult question for me. Okay, I don't come know. Back that stresses me out to think about. Yeah, we'll, okay. <laughs> we'll come back to it if it comes to Do you have a favorite one from Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, mine's Jack's Lament. Oh, it's so uh, good. I sing that a lot, like, just yeah. around the house. Yeah. I just it's adore like, it. It's just, I couldn't pick one I disliked. I'm a fucking rabid fan, as you know. Yeah, absolutely, and 100% agree with you on that. So I always watch that December 1st. I mean, November 1st is my, like, changing seasons. Um, Mid-Timber. Coco for the Dia de los Muertos on November November 2nd. If Uh, there are ever times in my life I wish to make myself cry. (laughs) Yeah. Via a film. A film is the only... Pulling your nose hairs is really effective, right? That will make you cry. Yeah. But if I want to watch a film that makes me upset to the point of tears, I will either watch Coco, because mm-hmm. I will cry at Coco. Of course. Uh, I'll I'll be I'll, I'll ugly I'll fucking you know meme of of Peter Parker cry, um, <laughs> and if the other one is the last ten minutes of the uh, episode of Doctor Who called Vincent and the Doctor. Oh yeah, like please don't even mention it because it's it's Good one of those ones that if night. I think about I start. Get it. Like, what a gift. I went to the like, Van Gogh yeah, Museum I know, I know, I know, I know. and I was like thinking about yeah. it. Like, oh God. Pete's coming up on it. He's coming up on it soon. He's ripping oh, through amazing. on the rewatch. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, yeah, so watch Coco. Like you said, I mean, just super emotional and moving. I think at the Love time we movie. thought that the, the heel from Coco is like Disney's worst ever fucking heel. When you think like about as, it. Yeah, like because he literally murdered someone. He's a like, plagiarist. He's a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, he's he's pretty bad. He's bad people. <laughs> He's bad people, that Ernesto de la Cruz. Um, I watched Shutter He could work Island. for the cocktail. He could work. For, uh, he would absolutely do that. Um, yeah, rewatch Shutter Island, which 
I'm not going to give anything away about Shutter Island in case people have not seen Shutter Island, even though it's a nearly 20-year-old movie. Um, But one thing about Shutter Island, I love that movie. It's a fun time every time I watch it. Um, You know, the gist of it being that a uh, Leonardo DiCaprio plays a federal marshal who he and his partner, Mark Ruffalo, come to this island um, insane asylum where they are trying to track down a, a inmate who went missing. That's the you know how I've got um, this. like one big cinematic dream, one more Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I've got one big TV dream. Uh huh. Mark Ruffalo's Columbo. I know you've said this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Time, and it's true. Time. It would absolutely work. Um, but yeah, the thing about this is once you have seen this, so if you have Mm. seen this movie, uh, you know, there, how it ends, the sort of twist of this film, um, you know, when you haven't seen it, it's like, whoa, when you have seen it, uh, the whole movie kind of becomes a comedy afterwards and that you just, you can't help but watch it and like sort of laugh at everything I'm going to go ahead and imagine you noticed pretty much straight away, yeah. I don't remember, I mean, because I saw it like literally when it Come came on. out like 18 years yeah. ago or whatever so i don't remember whether i noticed it uh immediately what the twist was you know what i will say that with which i forgot to mention i watched five nights at freddy's oh yeah <laughs> um which was fine uh perfectly serviceable kids horror movie the kids um, had their cousin run to watch it together so they had a, nice. a night of it while it looked disinterested and this one <laughs> because you uh, always find it funny how quickly I spot the twist in something. Uh, I looked at my watch during this one, and we were at 15 minutes and 47 seconds when I figured out what, oh, what so the twist cool. was in this that's one. That's your mutant and like, power, and it's not very useful. How are you going to yeah. get rich off that? Yeah, and I had an inkling like five minutes before that, but then it was like confirmed with one little like moment, and I was like, okay, yep. Very good, very good. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, so um, Shutter Island is always a fun time. And I watched uh, on the plane a documentary from Bloody Disgusting called Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story. England story, yeah. Now, yeah. before you talk about that, if I may, I think that mm-hmm. was made by a guy called Chris Smith, right? Okay. Sure. He's a Welsh lad. I think he's from Cardiff. Um, I've seen. I've definitely seen him in like another documentary of some sort. When I tell you this motherfucker works, it was hard. the video nasties one. Sorry, but yes, right? he, he did the video nasties documentary. He's done. Yeah, go on. Dreams and like Hollywood hellscapes or whatever the Robert Englund story. He's recently released Robo Doc, the story of Robocop. Oh, that's that one you're struggling. That's the to same find. guy. Huh. Okay. And. Uh, he was he was out there, you know, doing the, the rounds with RoboDoc when I was at, at a convention in 2017. He had mm-hmm. been fucking plugging away on that piece of work, and only by then he had a clip to show. Um, uh, by all accounts, the big holdout was, who would have thought, Dr. Weller himself. He was proper <laughs> fucking dragging his heels on whether he'd uh, appear in it, whether he'd answer questions, blah, blah, blah. But it seemed to have landed him because it's out. I cannot fucking wait to see it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so this was, I mean, like, I think it sh- could have potentially gone deeper or whatever and things like that. This is not one of those ones where you're going to learn about his, like, childhood tragedies or anything like that. But it's a great, like, it feels like sitting down and talking to someone who yeah, 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 is yeah, just yeah. kind of reflecting on their career and things like that. And you hear other people's sort of takes and it kind of goes chronologically 
through his career. So you're starting with stuff that like, I'm like writing down a list, like oh, I've never seen that, I've never seen that, and the early kinds of interesting characters he played, and the people who were like his contemporaries are just people you don't really think of, like yeah. him knowing like Ben, uh, not Ben, uh, Richard Dreyfuss, um, yeah. and moving out to like Hollywood. Mark Hamill, together. I want to say. I think Mark Hamill comes up in it. Um, what's a uh, uh, Lance Henriksen? Um, yeah, yeah, is sure. And they're like, uh, there's all these different people who are like contemporaries of Robert Englund that you don't really think about. Um, and so it's just like a cool career retrospective. That's like it's like two and a half hours long. Um, of I just... do five of that of what you just yeah, described. Right? I don't think yeah. there's enough limit on how long I'd watch that for. <laughs> Yeah, it's supremely watchable um, and just very cool. Like, he's just such a well-loved person. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. he's so generous with, like, yeah. his time and uh, and his advice to people. He's got, like, a really cute, like, you know, h- him and his wife are just, like, inseparable besties. Like, people on her, like, you know, like, I don't think I've seen them without each other. <laughs> like, you well, know, my briefest best, of like, stories years. meeting him, right? My briefest of moments. <laughs> Queued for 20 minutes to meet the guy, get a photo signed, hopefully get a picture. Uh, got the photo signed, was chatting away to him, was quite nervous. I didn't really know if uh, the Sharpie was going to work on the photo, so that was a bit of an awkward moment. And I was chatting away, not knowing if he was listening or not. But the entire time he had been, and he'd been fucking doing his little thing on the photo and, and just immediately picked up my conversation thread and we chatted for 30 seconds, took a picture. That was that. Good guy. Good laugh. Love and it, yeah. to those Joag listeners who don't know, and you do know this, <laughs> Robert Englund was seen that night in Cardiff uh, queuing at the View Cinema just across the road from uh, the CIA, Cardiff uh, International Arena. Uh, he was queuing to see a movie, Robert Englund, Nightmare on Elm Street. He yeah, well, and that's see. one of the things that they talk about in this documentary too is like he is such a cinephile. So yeah, he's yeah, yeah, seen yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. He loves going to the movies. He's like, yeah, just huge into film, has, yeah. I just have to really finish up that he was actually going to see Monsters University. How cool is that? How <laughs> fucking... I love that. And I bet he loved it. I'm sure he did. But how, well, how can he not? Other than it does change the timeline, but it's not the story. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and of course, with the Dead and Lovely folks, uh, we decided to close out the meetup the other night by watching Jackass Forever together. And just <laughs> Great choice. Cry laughing Great uh, choice. in Steve's living room. And it was... <laughs> beautiful <laughs> Colin's partner had never seen it before we were uh, like oh man we gotta so we gotta get into it and just as good as the first couple times that I watched I'm so glad he's still around Knoxville man because he nearly oh, yeah. fucking bought the farm on so many Seriously. different occasions <sighs> including in Jackass Forever you're like That's yeah 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 this guy's dead <laughs> <laughs> he gets up at one point goes well that was almost it for old fucking <laughs> old Johnny yes. yeah mm-hmm uh, so yeah, that's uh, that about sums that up. Yeah, that was our film of the week. It always it always dies off just after spooky season, but Kills right, of exactly. the Moon was, I no doubt, a four star classic. Yeah. Oh, the other thing though, I just want to recommend this to people because uh, this was also a good time. Have you ever heard of the Nickelodeon show Legends of the Hidden Temple? I do not believe so. But go on. Okay, so it was a game show. I'm right here. Yeah. A game show for kids uh, in the the early 90s. I think it aired from like 93 to 96 or something like that. And the premise yep. of this, which like now looking back, you're like, this is such racist cultural appropriation <laughs> or whatever. But that like was all these like themed challenges based around some like 
you know, little god guy named Olmec, which is, like, based on an actual, yeah, sure, like, sure. Incan god or something like that. Um, but, like, with all these, like, white people in tribal makeup and stuff like that who would come out and, like, you know, snatch the kids and oh, all that. Dear. And they had to right. do all these, like obstacles and you know trivia and all this kind of stuff to try to get through this and win very 90s prizes like a walkman space camp spirograph perhaps (laughs) not that like they weren't well i was about to say they're not that lame but some of the early (laughs) ones if you get knocked out really early in the game are like nestle quick and stuff like that um (laughs) so the game it, we decided to like watch some episodes last night, and it is so much funnier in hindsight because it's clearly they they recorded it live to tape, so everything yeah, yeah. is done in real time, and that means the host is sometimes like helping to set up like the uh, the obstacles and like the instructions are always way too long so you can see kids like zoning them out as they're being told what they're supposed to do there's like all these like like and they're kids who often get stuck in frustrating situations so you can see kids like about to lose their shit as things are happening and it's so funny and like sometimes the kids do stuff that they're like this is not what you're supposed to do and so the host who is ostensibly narrating to us what's <laughs> happening is basically trying to tell the kid what to do like you know they're Kish, running yo, through this like an escape temple. room these days if you're fucking right, up like, that I badly mean, that's exactly what it is like the, your ending thing is basically like a big escape room type thing and like you know one of them we watched last night this girl just starts going backwards like coming back because she can't find this door it's like you know she, she, she should be looking for the open door that goes towards the dungeon on the other end uh i'm not sure what her strategy is here but he's clearly (laughs) trying to like lead her back the other way alongside bring back freddy uh is bring back nightmare which is a uk uh kids uh game show which i'm certain i've told you about it's caught up to the technology you know it was always a decade Uh or two ahead of its time a decade or two and 44 it was always way before its time Right. And I feel as though the tech has now caught up to Nightmare sufficiently for it to rot. Mm. Premise was you had a kid surrounded by a green screen uh, in, a, in a, a horned helmet, mm-hmm. had a leather satchel and three of his mates on a video link telling him, right, walk forward, walk forward, walk forward, stop, oh, yeah. grab the pie, grab the pie, left We had one kind of like that. It was called Nick yeah, Arcade, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, it was simply iconic. Stuff. It was iconic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they don't have stuff like that anymore. Probably legal reasons, but yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. uh, it's so easy. Like, Ruining everyone's All fun. of these things were like, God, these kids could get injured so easily. Um, yeah, but it is, if you're looking for something to do, and I can imagine it's even more fun if you're like inebriated in any way, but we were completely sober and just cry laughing <laughs> watching Legends of the Hidden Temple last night. So it's on Paramount Plus with all the other Nickelodeon stuff if okay. you have that. Oh, it's such a great time. Good, good to know. Um, well, Mark, take us into our our final. Segment. I'll do that. I'll I'll do that. I'll do that with a question, if I may. Okay. What were uh, growing up your favorite? Let's say your favorite movie stars growing up. Your favorite kind of the icons. You had their poster on your wall, perhaps. You mm-hmm. remember wearing their tapes thin. You, right, your favorite right. kind of who was yeah. who were the movies to you when you grew up? I mean, Ethan Embry was my. Okay. My dude through and through all the pictures all over my wall of Ethan Embry watched yeah. every single thing that he came out went to the video store rented it all like you said wore out those tapes that Ethan Embry was in that was that okay. was the guy <laughs> um who, who who took over after him because I assume Ethan I know Ethan Embry is still the guy as far as you're concerned but he wasn't well, who was true. the next guy who came along yeah, pro- probably Carl Urban 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, went through my Carl Urban, um, yeah. James Badgedale, obviously, you know, uh-huh. through the, as the trajectory changed. Yeah, these are like, these were like my guys over there. What about now? Time. I mean, probably still James Badgedale and Carl Urban, realistically. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, those are, they'll get me into, get my butt in the seat. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> All right. Just so I'll briefly do the same exercise with music, if I may. And, and this is this is okay. leading somewhere. Uh, All right. Yeah, absolutely. The bands you grew up listening to, who were on your tape deck all the time? Who did you Yeah, love? it was uh, New Kids it? on the who, Block. Who was on your, your radio, your radio yeah. playlist that you made? Yeah, New Kids on the Block, Green Day, mm-hmm. uh, Offspring, Smashing mm-hmm. Pumpkins, mm-hmm. Uh, into, you know, my teen years. You got all the, like, uh, Get Up Kids, your... Um, your Anne Berlin, your uh, Juliana Theory, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you and know, as an college, the Killers, you know, uh-huh, were, a, okay, were a big okay. one. Um, now, it's a good question. <laughs> Dury is my big one. Um, you know, I Ghost is probably now the one that I listen to yeah, the yeah, absolute yeah, yeah. most. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's a reason that I ask, okay? okay. Um, and... Come with me on this. I'm pulling you in on this thread. Yeah, the reason yeah. is killers. The, the the reason is killers, right? Death row mm-hmm. uh, inmates, serious mm. killers. When you think of, and I, I, can, I can almost visualize my friend Shane from Trigger having this conversation with him because he was a big serial killer fan himself. He's now in Sam Hain, I believe his name is. If you want to look at his art, he's done some superb serial killer art, which I'll link uh, on okay. our, what is it? Blue Sky, is that what it's called? Blue Sky, yep. Yeah, right, okay. In the Skeets. Anyway, um, there were, I'm sure you'll agree there were what I guess you would call big hitters for a bit. You know, your Bundys. Right, yeah. Um, there well, yeah, is... as we discussed with like our, our lead paint theory episode, like all those big uh-huh. guys from like the 70s, the like, yeah. 60s and 70s, all the yeah. the real yeah. heavy hitters you think of. You got your BTK, you got your Nightcrawler. Sam, yeah. yeah. Night Stalker. Yeah, Night Stalker. Are... You're, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're big hitters of the time. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions first, if that's all right. What mm-hmm. would you say, or you you may already know this, what is the okay. uh, state with the highest murder rate per 100,000 annually? Is it Missouri? That's number two. Ooh. I apologize. Okay. That's, I apologize. That's number three. Okay. Uh, Illinois. No. Florida. One more crack. Illinois was, if you're interested... 24th. Oh, wow. It goes against a lot of myths that conservatives like to perpetuate. highest murder rate in the United States uh, belongs to the District of Columbia. Oh, that feels like cheating because that's not a state. And I was trying to oh, name okay. a state. In which case you will <laughs> one. Or, in, in which case you win a bonus go. Oh, I get a bonus go for what, yeah. what number two? Yes. Uh, California? Nah, Louisiana, you <laughs> fucked it up. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but my point is, um, a lot of these guys aren't going to last long. You know, Manson's on his way out. I wouldn't be surprised if at any True. time we had Manson died. Yep. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer's dead. Yep. Uh, you know, John Bundy's dead. Ted. John, what did I say? <laughs> John Bundy. Who's John Bundy? <laughs> Just, Cut that bit out if you guy want. you went to school with. Uh, maybe we're going for Gacy, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, there we go, there we go. There we go. Both dead, both dead, both dead. Mm-hmm. Gacy's not, yeah. though, is he? He's alive. No, Gacy's dead. Yes, he is. Cut that bit completely. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, 
who mm-hmm. culturally mm-hmm. would you say are the next level up? Who are mm. who are now our legends? Who are now our right. demons? Are kind of our figures of cultural kind of uh, consistent blaming and shaming them and victimizing? Who are the current death row occupants? Who you think have the power to make cultural impact in the same way that Bundy did? Mm. In the same way that you know, BTK that's a good did. question because I feel like. Again, like there's plenty of theories as to why this is, and lead was one of the ones we talked about. But these heavy hitters often like were from a specific time period, and that has absolutely cooled down. There are not as many of these people as there yeah, were. Yeah, that is true. That before, is true. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think of like you know someone like the Golden State Killer comes yeah. to mind, obviously. Um, but like if you're talking about people who are on their way out, we've only just found him. The man is a million years old, <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, it's like, I, I don't know why it is, whether it's just a matter of people not committing as many... Are people getting people, better? Serial killings? I don't think people are getting better. I think it's harder to be it's a serial killer It's more difficult to be a serial killer, yeah, yeah for sure, like, for it's, sure. It's more difficult to get away with Damn. killing random people than it was back in the day. There's so much more surveillance. There's Which DNA. I think we talked about with Dr. Ben Deffen-Jones. There's, mm-hmm. there's DNA profiling. And how many times have mm-hmm. we talked about cases that were never really closed, just only yep. kept on ice, but DNA profiling caught up with the... with the Right, because that's what happened with the Golden State Killer. That's mm. I just watched a Dateline the other day that... God, I can't remember what they called the killer, but it was like a pretty crazy name. But this was a, a serial killer who had... You know, it'd gone cold since the early 90s, and they found him the same way, like, through a relative's DNA profile. That's incredible. Um, and traced it to him. Yeah, mm. lots of problematic things about that, obviously. Oh, of course, of course. You know, when I submit my DNA to 23andMe or whatever, I'm not doing it to be like, and you can use this in your criminal shit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but what they're going to do uh, is put you all underground when the meteorite comes. They've got copies of each of you. Yeah, genetic. Right. They've got your genetic information. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in fridges in the bunker when yes. the meteor is on. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I like. I don't think off the top of my head, aside from those more old school killers, I could like name for you someone on death row. Hmm. Could you? Yes. Aside from the ones that we've talked, like that you have researched tonight and have are going to talk about, like other than that, could you name? people on death row uh the truth is in the states no i know i could not um right there's some horrific people but i couldn't name anyone there yeah right it's like it's different now i want to say terrific people i don't mean terrific people i mean terrifically you know people driven <laughs> driven to do bad. terrifically bad things yes <laughs> it's like a thing when sometimes i'll say something i don't mean for, for comedy effect Right, for me, yeah. it's it's Anders Breivik, right? Oh, I do know who that is. Yes, yes. It, I've Anders I've been Breivik. very loose with America on this. I'm talking worldwide. Well, and also, doesn't he n- not have the death penalty because they don't have it? No, he doesn't. He's completely locked down. I mean, it's like 28 years, right, is the limit. But anyway, go ahead, t- talk about who this is. Well, he, this was a guy who, in a homemade police uniform. You know, with homemade uh, documents, papers. Uh, he killed eight people with a van bomb. Mm-hmm. Just blew up his vehicle, killed eight people. 
uh, and then went to an island where there was a, uh, a kind of an, uh, an exercise event uh, with, a, with a very, very, very like a huge attendance. This island was full of people and using his, his credentials, his, 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 his uniform, he got the ferry over and simply began firing, just simply began shooting. Um, where? As soon as he got off the dock. No, where in the world did this happen? This is in the county of Viken in Norway. That's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would care for some additional information, it's 10.6 hectares. Uh, it is... <laughs> that is a uh, unit of measurement that tells me zero things. Yeah, same. Like, but listen, that's one of those ones that it's like it comes up and stuff as if that's like a universal unit of measure. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, a hectare. hectares. Like, yeah, sure. who on earth knows what a hectare is? I think he's the closest we've got to somebody with the cultural uh, staying power. How many people did he kill? Let's go on. Oh, my word. You're joking. The, uh, after <laughs> Am I did, joking? A- I'm not joking. You're telling a story on a podcast. After he did the van bomb and went to the island... He murdered 69 other people. It's an incredible amount of people. After the van bomb, there were a further 200 or so additional injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Injured, injured. And sure. he murdered 69 more people in the island with a gun. With many guns. Right. And crossbows, I'm led to believe. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty nuts. In a, in a, in a police uniform, he'd made himself. Jeez Louise. Talk your way out of that wild. one. Talk your way out of it? Talk your way just talk your way out of that one, son. You made the uniform <laughs> yourself. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, that's an incredible story. And it also like I'm not sure on this, but like I, what are Norway's gun laws like? Like I feel like you weren't supposed to have them there like you are here. Ah no. I, I seem to remember reading something around obviously leading to a huge change in gun mm-hmm. laws, which which seems sensible. Right. Which happens everywhere but here when this kind of thing happens. There's no other way to stop this, says Only Nation, where this regularly happens. Exactly, yeah. Uh, no way gun laws. Gun collectors may not fire their firearms without explicit permission from the police. Rifle and shotgun licenses can be issued to persons 18 years or over with a clean criminal record. I don't know if his l- if his firearms were legally owned. Yeah, legal or not, yeah. Yeah. But, but he, certainly he, he, he didn't ask the police if he could shoot all those yes, people. Yes, 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 so yes. There's that. But he was it was it's like he's only he's sentenced like twenty eight years, right? Like I think it's something like that, because that's like the maximum prison sentence that you can get in Norway. Well he, he's still, you know, he he's lucky he's in Norway. Holy shit. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um and he's very similar in age to me. I think he's he's only maybe three or four year, uh, months younger than younger or older than I am. Yeah, I, I thought he was a fairly young dude when this happened. What year was this? The uh, <laughs> incident itself took place in 2011. Okay. Where, uh, and after his, you know, his, his arrest, his, uh, you know, his, his, his arraignment, <clears throat> he was given 21 years plus preventative detention. Hmm. That so that like, seems light. Can... Yeah, Having right. But tag, I think it's because like, that's literally the maximum you can give to someone there. I think no matter what the crime is, you're not allowed to like imprison anyone for life in Norway. This was in 2011, though. Yeah. It's 2023 now. Yeah. So he's already served more than half of that sentence. There runs, you know, a very real probability that he will live to see quite a long, you know, a long time left of daylight. 
Right. Yeah, I'm imagining that preventative... Yeah, what yeah, did, yeah, What yeah, did you yeah, call yeah. it? Preventative? Uh, preventative detention. Preventative detention sounds like probably That's by some broad. technicality they're allowed to keep him somewhere away from people yeah. to their discretion, which is probably But what I'm forever. saying is cultural cachet. I believe he has uh, punched through the murderverse, you know what I mean? The podcast sure. fucking yeah. listeners, the true crimers. And I think he's got a... Much like Chris Benoit, I think he enjoys a life and healthy public profile, despite his atrocities. Like, I knew exactly who he was when you said his name. So, yes. there's one. Who else you got? Well, we've grown another recently in Lucy Letby. We just, we've, we've, grew, we've grown, True. we've seen one blossom before our eyes. Um, yes. Uh, it was a 10% higher than expected murder rate between June uh, 15 and June 16, which was what got her. Mm-hmm. She was a nutter and remains mm-hmm. a nutter. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, right? I'm not going to name names here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a very, very, very good friend mm-hmm. who I believe is of the mind that what happened at that hospital can be put down to a statistical anomaly and thinks that she's innocent. Well, that's kind of, I mean... To be fair, even though that's absurd, um, the that was the case in one of those things that we discussed during our hospital uh, series. That, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. One of the the doctors who was like quite possibly wrongfully accused, although that's disputed. Um, you know, they claimed that it was like, oh, this number of people wouldn't have died from this thing happening to this particular event without having diabetes or whatever. And then it turns out now, like. 18 years later or whatever they're like no that absolutely happens all the time like that's we just didn't realize that at this particular moment so like what looked like a statistical anomaly was actually very very normal uh, he's either really good at he's either sticking to the bit or this is his god you know his his heartfelt belief oh your friend yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh that's a that's a tough one because i think there's quite a bit of evidence that that's not the case writing you know i did it on a post-it note in your house is yeah i don't know man what about yourself what are your thoughts you know we've been talking a lot about this kind of stuff for for a while um and about like incarceration and all of this and so after one of our episodes i do i, I do want to of... talk about abolitionism with you yeah yeah and we'll we'll, we'll get there on a on a as we've said, we'll do that as like an actual episode. Yes, exactly, um, exactly, exactly. But, uh, you know, that made me think about like, you know, as we've been talking about empathy and all that stuff, um, the idea of like writing to prisoners, right? Um, which is a thing that I think is like a, theoretically a cool idea. Um, I always refrain from signing up for any kind of pen pal program because I'm afraid I'll forget and then I'll feel guilty for the rest yes. of my life. Um, but I was looking into it. I was like, what, like, you know... Uh, what websites exist for like writing to a prisoner and specifically to like a death row inmate. Um, And so I ended up finding uh, one and was like looking at female prisoners. Like I don't want any weird dudes who (laughs) fall in love with their pen pals or anything like that writing to me. Um, And so I I found this one woman on there and her like bio. You could do that, couldn't you? If you've got a guy who is, you know, do they tell them when their date is? Yeah, yes. It's not a surprise. So, that guy isn't going anywhere. You could give him the illusion of having fallen in love over letters. Oh, people do it all the time. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just saying yeah, it might be a nice mean, thing to do. 
Oh, you mean like have like a fake relationship just to make them feel good yeah, until they it die? It might be a nice. It might, you know, might give them a little something, something. Sure. Yeah, I suppose that's that could be a thing. There are like legit websites that I looked at that were like basically match with uh, prisoners, wow. like where like all the pictures of the prisoners they were like trying to do like sexy poses while in there. <laughs> prison jumpsuits and stuff like that um, you know so that exists for sure that people like people get like Char- charles manson is married at least yeah. once maybe more to prison pen pals um but yeah so i was looking at women on death row which there aren't that many of um and so this one woman's profile really stuck out to me because you know she said in it she was like um it it just feels as if the whole world has forgotten me and it would be really nice to hear my name at mail call. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, Christ almighty. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really, really sad. Um, and so, you know, I was like, okay. And so I Googled this woman because I was you, like, what in okay, the world? Okay, what you can do. You, she, you have the power yeah. to do that. You can. Yeah, okay. it says her name yeah. on it, you know. Looked up this woman whose name was Michelle Michaud or Michelle Michaud. I'm not sure how French she pronounces it. Um this woman, uh, let me just read to you from the article in sfgate.com, the San Francisco newspaper. A former couple were sentenced to death Wednesday for luring a Pleasanton student into a specially rigged van where oh, they sexually off. tortured and strangled her before fuck. dumping her body on a snowy embankment. Uh, James Anthony DeVeggio, 42, and his then-lover Michelle Lynn Michaud, 43, were sentenced by Alameda Superior Court for killing 22-year-old Vanessa Lee Sampson on December 2nd, 1977. Uh, Goes on later on here, the pair kidnapped Sampson from a Pleasanton street, kept her inside their green Dodge caravan rigged with hooks and ropes, and repeatedly tortured her as they drove to South Lake Tahoe. They forced her to wear a rubber ball gag and strangled her with nylon rope. Uh, yeah. They, according to this, it says prosecutors said DeVeggio and Michaud had sexually assaulted at least six other young women, two of whom were relatives of the defendants. But where's the cultural impact, Corey? You didn't ask me for culture. That wasn't the question you asked me. (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. However, I will say, when I looked Mm. this up, um, there is an episode of like a show one invest- investigation discovery about this couple. That's okay. how bad this crime is yeah. that they actually, you know, one of those shows where they like do a reenactment and all that kind of stuff and talk about like the most heinous couples that exist. They talked about <laughs> this okay, couple enough said. Enough said. and what they did. Um, and so it was like a real like, whoa. <laughs> Mm. moment of like uh, and of course she like these kinds of things with couples are as complicated um you know and you get your like like carla homolka and paul bernardo are obviously like your gold standard of this um you know with they sexually tortured uh multiple people and then like killed her little sister um and it's always that thing like well was like she like influenced by him like did she really want to do these things in that case, absolutely she did, but she's out. She's living in, sure. like, Canada or whatever and, like, living her life. Um, and, you know, in this case... Did like, she get a new name and a new, you know, a new neighborhood? Carla Homolka? Yeah. I think they did give her a, a new name, but everyone knew who she was. <laughs> she's, like, so incredible. They made a movie about her with um, 
the Laura Prepon and uh, Misha Collins. Like, mm. she's way too famous. So there's a case maybe of amongst some of them, although that was in the 90s as well. Um, but yeah, it was like, sweet Lord. Like, I was like, oh, this poor woman who's been forgotten about on death row. And reading the crime, it was like, whew. But uh, again, I mean, I'm sure there are there are there are better ones. What what kind of what's the cutoff point that you will not write to? What is that one crime well, that I mean, you are not going to put pen to paper? I mean, this that covers quite a bit right there. Yeah, rape well, yeah, and murder. Like, what do you what do you do beyond that? You've kind of covered <sighs> the whole spectrum at that point. I'd go down a bit, to be honest. I, I don't want to uh, I don't want to correspond with an armed thief. Really? Yeah, not if if they'd kill people in you know indis- indiscriminately like just my to get... brother's an armed thief. Like, so, yeah, but but know. no people have have died because of that. No, they? sure, yeah. If an armed thief um, had taken out fifteen people, and you know, right. I would want I would want to talk to him. I would. There are some, I guess, some death row denizens I would quite like to talk to. <laughs> yeah. See, this is kind of like you know when we talked about Taylor Shabiznis and yeah, yeah, yeah. how part of you like felt like that was like better than like other serial killers who like didn't enjoy it like she did and i think like yeah there's yeah (laughs) it's kind of the way that you look at it as like these you can interact with these people as a curiosity but you don't want to have to empathize with them you don't want to have exactly this exactly feel anything for them and i've said Um, this time and time again on the it must be said getting rarer occasions that i do look at gore videos here and there Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 re- the repugnance response is still alive and well. I'm not yes, just kind of right. watching yeah. and going. Oh, right. I'm not getting a fucking chub on if that's if if that's what. Right, exactly. What we're but your the curiosity says yeah. you know does something um, for you intellectually or whatever. And yeah, mm. I don't know that I necessarily would say like I just, even with all of this, I don't know if I'd say like I would absolutely not write like her birthday's in two days, and I'm like mm. she's not going to get any mail. You know, I'm <laughs> like. That bums me out because she's like, she's a person, and like I think it's really hard for me to like completely. I know what you're saying. Yeah, write that off. You know that like people do heinous things, and yet I have a really hard time not thinking of someone and their feelings. You know, like and she is going to be killed for the thing she did, and she's she going to be killed. You know, yeah, right. Maybe like a, maybe a birthday card or a Christmas card isn't <laughs> right. Like at the end of the day. She is going to be murdered for this. So, like, is it really? Like, can I not yeah. send her a birthday email? Like, you why know? Don't we pick, why don't we pick one each and we write a Christmas letter or card to ah, a inmate? A in death the, row in inmate? The, yes. I like that idea. I yeah. really do. I think we should do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it. I mean it. Good. Okay. So that's an assignment we're giving ourselves. But, uh, but, you know. The fact that I've told you about it now means you have to do it. <laughs> I will. You know I will. I'm the one who will sit here and have a sad over a murderer. This is, it's much harder for you to get the wherewithal to do this than it is for me who, yeah, I can get sad about anybody, really. If I think about hurt feelings, I get very sad. So, yeah, we'll do this. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, are you seeing me get like a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But obviously, like, you know, we've... Neither of us are pro-death penalty. We're talking about some real douchey people here. Although, listen, you introduced this and you told me you wanted to talk about bad people on death row and you did two people who are not on death row. Oh, listen, there are others. <laughs> um, do you want to, for instance, discuss Charles Edmund Cullen? 
um, yeah, who uh, com- confirmed 29 kills uh, with Oof. many, many hundreds more suspected during his, his career, right? He's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he was born in the 1960s. He's still about. He's on death row. He's fucking... He's, I would consider to be a big hitter. Not as big for, I, I would say, as Gary Leon Ridgway. Um, he oh, still draws... Yep. Yeah. He still Go draws ahead. breath. Um, he... Because of his, uh, because of because newspapers being as brilliant as as they are, he became known as the Green River Killer. Uh, and by the time of his arrest, I mean he'd been busy since uh, what eighty two to eighty eight, eighty two to ninety eight. So he'd been at it for sixteen years. That sounds right. Did I just get that right? I mean, I think so, but Whoa. don't don't rely on me for that. But that sounds right. But listen, he was a frequent target. Uh, a frequent target, sorry, of the homeless, of sex workers. Um, and by the time they arrested his ass, he'd killed about 80 people. 80? 80. Too many people. By far. <laughs> and he's still alive? Yep. Yeah, but still on alive, death row? But on death row. Wild. Um, yeah, to, right to him. Right, yeah, write to Gary Ridge. I'm sure he's got plenty of people writing to him. I feel like he's got to be those, like, forgotten folks so you're gonna like actually because i feel like it's yeah it's cheating if it's just like oh you're writing like fan mail almost to them but yeah, like yeah 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 find a death almost like you know, you know what nobody's thinking about posting and, like, it you a, actually a, will make them happy a famous director of the time who had nothing better to do than to reply to my quick message which wouldn't have taken him a second <laughs> right you know all you had to do was just go back to him and say no i think he sucks never gonna happen or <laughs> You know, I'm posh. Yes, I'm interested. You, you, stay tuned for, you know, talks might be happening, blah, blah, wow. blah. He could have given me something. Apart from, anyways. apart from <laughs> at the fall of the House of Usher. Uh, anyways, <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, obviously these people are shitty, you know, and this is like a thing that we're constantly talking about is like, you know, what do these people deserve and how do we deal with that kind of stuff and everything? And, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. We're a Brit. And a, yeah. a more or less prison abolitionist over here. Yeah. So obviously neither of us think that the death penalty is appropriate regardless of whether you're Absolutely Anders Brevik not. or you're Lucy Ledby or whoever mm. the case may be. And so I wanted to talk about a couple people on death row for heinous crimes who didn't do it. Because I think, you know, when it comes down to it, on the most basic level... <laughs> This is an important reason why uh, it should It's why exist. it can never exist, isn't it? It's it why can it... never exist. Because, you know, if anyone can be sentenced to a crime they didn't, for yeah, a crime yeah, yeah. they didn't commit, then it's not safe to kill anyone. Uh, well, it's, one of, it's one of a few reasons I can think of that it shouldn't exist. But it, it's right, only, yeah. There's, it's up there. There's plenty. But let's yeah. say you're not even like the humanitarian type or any of these kinds of moral reasons... I think we should all be able to agree that no one should be killed who didn't do what they were accused of. No, sir. Uh, and as long as that keeps happening, there is no ethical way to argue that the death penalty should exist because it yeah. happens quite often. While you're doing it, ask yourself the question, is killing wrong? And that's the thing that people will go back and forth on. Like, yeah. from a moral standpoint, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't think it is. You know, when I was going to Christian school, like... No, killing isn't wrong. Murder is, but killing isn't. And there's Oof, plenty of people ouch. you can kill, right? Someone who 
comes into your house and threatens to harm your family, you can absolutely kill them. You can yeah. kill an inmate yeah. on death row. Like yeah. they make that distinction. So morally, it's pretty much impossible to argue this because there's going to be people, you know, on us. You see that in your own country where most people obviously have grown up without it and don't think that it's a thing that there should be, but there's still plenty of people in the UK who are trying to argue that it should be brought back. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know how seriously the poll was taken, but some uh, like maybe two or three years back, a poll did the rounds uh, of what percentage of Brits think that hanging should be reinstated. Uh, it, it was a high figure, but I don't know. I've got my doubts about the kind of the uh, right the methodology of, of that yeah, poll, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but so just I just wanted to give a couple examples of like the heinous crimes that, taken at Please. face value, we might think are worth killing someone for, but it turned out the people who went to jail for them didn't do it. Um, so one of those was a guy called Clemente Aguirre Arquin. Uh, and in that case, in 2004, two women were found stabbed to death in their home. Uh, and then the boyfriend of one of their roommates who was not there, um, whose name was Samantha, came in and found their bodies later in that morning. So they'd been killed in the morning. He comes by because he's kind of come get some of Samantha's clothes and he finds the bodies of her two roommates, um, mm. one of which had been stabbed to death uh, 129 times uh, and the other only twice. But often when I hear of a, you know, a murder that has occurred with a stab count that high, I almost try acting it out. Right. Yeah. How like, the it seems fuck? Like. That's the, that's why they always call those like rage killings and stuff. Of course, like that, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, and we'll talk a bit about like the junk science of a lot of this stuff. But like, yeah, it is you stabbing someone 129 times like when you're in your right mind. Incredible. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't really do it. You kind of got to be in rage mode to do something like that, especially because the person's probably been dead for at least 120 of those. Um, uh, is that how it feels to chew for loco? Is that a joke? Chew. Oh, it's not. It's not chewing gum, is it? No. <laughs> okay, fine. Erase. It is erase. Not. <laughs> For loco. Erase and continue. Was a caffeinated alcohol drink. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason you're not allowed to sell it. Um, anyways, uh, a ten-inch kitchen knife was found at the scene, and Samantha said she had a terrible gut feeling that the murder had been committed by her neighbor Clemente Aguirre Harkane. Uh, and he worked in a nearby restaurant where a chef's knife had apparently gone missing. And he had knocked at the door that morning to see if he if they had any beer since he'd run out the night before. And when he got there, their door was unlocked and he saw the body uh, or the bodies. Uh, so if you think later on, of course, there's evidence of Aguirre Arquin's presence at the scene. Yeah. Uh, he didn't deny that. He told them exactly what happened. Um, the wounds were alleged, allegedly consistent with a chef's knife, like the one that had gone missing at his work, and a fingerprint expert said one of his prints was found on the knife. But according to Arkeen, he had actually tried to revive them. So, like, his footprints were everywhere, which, like, if you were really trying not to, yeah, like, show you murdered someone, you probably wouldn't leave bloody footprints all over the house. But he had gone in there and he had, like, tried to do CPR um he picked up the knife because he was worried the killer was still there when he noticed that like the house had been ransacked so he was worried he had like stumbled upon a murder in progress um but then he sort of cleaned off and he left because he was an undocumented immigrant and he knew that if he called the cops that was going to be the end for him on mm -hmm. multiple levels at best he gets deported and at worst he's arrested for this murder 
which he was. He was tried, and he was sentenced to death for this. How long did um, he spend? I'm going to tell you that. Thank you. Good. Uh, <laughs> but the wheels started to come off of this. The fingerprint expert was discredited because she had given a positive ID in a different case uh, on a fingerprint that other fingerprint experts were like, this is unreadable. There's literally no way you could recognize that this was somebody's fingerprint. Um, DNA found at the scene excluded him, while Samantha's DNA was found all over the fucking place uh, in areas consistent with her having done the crime. People also testified that Samantha admitted to the crime repeatedly uh, and that she had been acting frankly shifty as fuck about the whole thing, including standing on her front lawn saying, I killed my mother and grandmother or whatever oh, the that's case always was. Red flag, you know? red yeah, flag. Big red flag. And they believed her when she was like, I have a bad feeling my neighbor did this. Like, are yeah, you kidding me right gut now? feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she admitted to having a hot temper, but claimed, no, she didn't do this, even though she told many people she did. Uh, and finally, in 2018, after multiple appeals and finally being granted a retrial, the charges were dismissed abruptly wow. by the prosecution, and he was free. Twelve years Good on God. death row. Good for a crime God. that was obviously Samantha's doing. Obviously. But and it was easier to believe an immigrant with no motive did it. Of course. We don't, of course, we don't have the death penalty here, right? But mm -hmm. um, just within the last few months, a man has been released after 17 years jail. Uh, had his <clears throat> conviction of rape completely overturned because of DNA improvements, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and he did 17 motherfucking years in jail and not once did he fold or, right. you know what I mean? Or he, he, he held, I guess the only thing he had to hold on to was his innocence. Right. I did uh, not do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. speaks to probably one of the most famous cases of this, uh, which was that of Cameron Todd Willingham. And... To be fair, one of the reasons it's the most famous is because he's white. So obviously this drums up more sympathy when most people who are on death row are black and brown people. Sure. Uh, hugely disproportionately, it is black and brown people who are on, on death row. Um, but what he was accused of was heinous and being accused, convicted and killed for it when he most likely did not do it makes it all the worse. Mm. In December of 1991, the home he shared with his wife and three daughters in Corsicana, Texas, went up in flames. Uh, while he was able to get out of the home with his life, his children were not so lucky. His wife had been out shopping at the time and also escaped the blaze. Willingham claimed that he attempted to save the kids, but prosecutors didn't believe him. They said evidence pointed to his having set the fire himself, likely to cover up evidence of child abuse. And the case is basically a classic instance of TV justice, where mm. the forensic methods were used as if they were totally solid, but they are what many have referred to as folklore. Just complete junk science. Um, yeah, completely discredited. So they found pools in various places on the floor that they said showed a liquid accelerant was used and in multiple places around the house, which would mean that it was intentionally set. Yes, of course. Um, a forensic psychologist claimed that Willingham having a tattoo of a skull and serpent meant that he fit the profile of a sociopath. Yes. And two other medical experts confirmed that that was true. Well, so do I. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, similarly, 
Iron Maiden and Led Zeppelin posters in his yeah, possession yeah. were used as evidence that he had violent tendencies because of their imagery. Mm. This is the 90s, by the way. We're not talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. like, you know, like the peak satanic panic. Uh, a jailhouse informant claimed Willingham told him he set he set the fire to cover up an injury on one of the girls and that he was trying to make it look like the girls were playing with fire and accidentally burned the house down. Witnesses said he acted strangely, moving his car away from the fire, refusing to go back inside to get the kids, and being surprisingly lighthearted despite the situation. He had a criminal past, which did include at least one incident of domestic violence, and that contributed to the idea that he was a violent sociopath beyond rehabilitation. But while no one would argue he was a perfect guy, this was a lot of grasping at straws. They had claimed he clearly hadn't tried to help and had just fled before the fire yeah, because they yeah, found yeah, no see. smoke inhalation. But hair on his chest, head, and eyelids were all singed. He had a two-inch burn on his shoulders, and his wrists and hands were blackened by smoke. There were no injuries to the bodies of any of the children, which should have disproved the jailhouse informant, who also admitted he was bipolar and probably misremembered. Later, he admitted that he'd lied, and it was found that he'd been offered a deal for his testimony, even though the prosecutors had claimed in court that he had not been given a deal. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, I don't think I have to tell you, obviously, of all people, that snake and skull tattoos and heavy metal posters are not indicators of sociopathy. I do uh, not believe that they are. I don't think that's true. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Uh, further, <laughs> yeah. his former probation officer said that not only was he not sociopathic, he had been, quote, one of my favorite kids, calling him polite and caring. And the pooling on the floor labeled poor patterns that proved he set fire with a liquid accelerant, completely discredited by later forensic science. Those patterns are now known as flashover and are a very normal and natural thing that happens in a fire. Wow. As the Innocence Project spent years fighting his death sentences, which he death sentence, which he received because he refused to plead guilty to murdering his children, Texas Governor Rick Perry steadfastly refused to stop or delay the execution. And this was largely because he believed that Willingham had tried to beat his wife into an abortion. And Rick Perry is famously anti-choice. So there really was nothing Willingham could have done to change the mind of a man who already thought, like, well, this is the worst. He tried to yeah, yeah, force yeah. an abortion. Like, not only is abortion wrong, but he tried to beat his wife into having one, which didn't happen, by the way. That wasn't a thing he did. Uh, but that's what Rick Perry believed. So it really wasn't even about the crime. It was about the fact that Rick Perry was like, he's scum. Um, so there's nothing he could do to change his mind. Uh, and Perry was shown evidence about the poor patterns before Willingham was executed and was unmoved by it, uh, denying him a pardon. So now it's pretty much accepted that Willingham had nothing to do with the deaths of his kids. But in February of 2004, they killed him for it anyway. Thoughts? No, I don't really have uh, (laughs) any that I would have. I would have difficulty articulating. Yeah, see, just the... Yeah, the um, look on your face said everything, but unfortunately, not a visual medium. That really does uh, take the air out of one, doesn't it? Right. Mm. Exactly. I mean, it's such an egregious case. And, you know, of course, there's always reasonable doubt. Maybe he did, and all of these things are whatever. Yeah. You know, this is all coincidence, and it's he still did it. But everything we know points to the fact that he didn't, and that we can't know 
you know, that there's that much uncertainty about it means this just simply shouldn't exist, you know. Mm. On that we there, agree, yeah. No way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever else our nuanced ideas about all of this are, I think that's something that we can agree upon. And, and I right. think that's interesting. Like someone like him, like, you know, we may not have a whole bunch of murderers that we all know their names of now, but people know his story at this point, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, do you know what I think we should do next week? What do you think we should do? You know, I've had this uh, idea bubbling away where we do a nega episode of Jack of All Graves. Mm-hmm. I'll leave that there. I'll let you think about it. And that's what I think we should do. Yeah, we're not doing that, though. So we can just, we just move on. <laughs> we're just not doing it. <laughs> what, the silent episode? of? Oh, no, no I no, see no, what you no, mean. No, when no. you say the nega episode, I got you. The episode where we talk mean. about fun things where people don't die. Right, yes, which is, I mean, the, uh, just last week. Shall I, someone... can I, may I? Um, I suggested, after talking a lot about performance art lately, right, I suggested to Corey that we do, <laughs> and I and fuck off because I still want to do it, we uh, do a Jack of all Graves where we say, <laughs> <laughs> where we say nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought that was what you were referring to, which which we're not, at, at least for now, we're not doing. Not can we at least can episode. we do that as a as um, a snack of old graves one month? Can yeah, we do? You know, we'll think we'll think on that. Or just uh, leave, I'll do it. Okay, <laughs> I'll great. fucking do it. Okay. Um, but yes, the idea of a of a happy Jack episode uh, is is great. And in fact, someone I wish I could remember who it was, but posted in our Facebook group last week. Like, you know, you guys do a lot of. Um, people who have come upon really bad luck here's yeah. a video of a bunch of people coming into exactly, good luck exactly 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 and it was great I, think I loved it it was it was fantastic I think there's an episode in that the unusual the uncanny the strange the mm-hmm. weird but, but somehow hey you know yeah. things went well I like that listen it's the Thanksgiving season why not exactly 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 what let's better so, way yeah so next week friends let's let's talk about some good stuff yeah <laughs> And we will oh, but see until you then. but wait, 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 yeah. yeah until, until we do that, there's something people have to be doing for us, isn't it? There is, and I believe they must stay, stay spooky. Spooky.